Raise your hands if you get writer's block when it comes to creating copy that is authentic. Today we'll be talking about writing copy that converts, so stick around. Welcome to the Focus and Bloom podcast, a business and lifestyle podcast for creative souls and dream makers. Each week, we'll talk about how to build your brand and tackle work-life balance with purpose and joy, one action at a time. Here's your host, Josenia Bocanegra. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. I am your host, Yesenia Bocanegra. Joining me today is an ex-corporate gal turned biz CEO with a knack for blowing her customers out of the water with amazing customer experiences and copy that moves people to take action. Please welcome Danny Page. Hi, Danny. How are you? Hey, Yesenia. I'm great. How are you? I am doing good. I am so happy to have you join me on the episode today. We were able to kind of catch up a little bit uh, just before we start recording. And it's so cool that you were a hockey player. (laughs) I was, I was, I'm, I'm kind of washed up now, but I definitely was back in the day. (laughs) So before we jump into the interview, can you tell us a little bit about you and like, what is your new normal? Totally, for sure. So yeah, my name is Danny Page, and I'll kind of give you a little bit background on that crazy hockey life. So I grew up in Calgary, Canada. So and I grew up with two older brothers who kind of got me into playing hockey. And I'm like, totally the Canadian stereotype. And that's, that's okay. (laughs) So anyways, I kept playing and was fortunate enough to go play university hockey in Chicago, where I got my four year business degree. And from there, I was recruited to go play professional hockey in the European Women's Hockey League, where I lived in Vienna, Austria for a couple of years. So living over there, I definitely got a glimpse of like a dream job life and getting paid for doing something I love to do while being able to see a different culture. It was just an amazing experience. I'm so grateful for that. But after a couple of years, I definitely felt like I was ready for a bit of normality and maybe some routine in my life. So I came back home to Canada and started working an office job. And it turns out that normality and the nine to five corporate world definitely was not for me. I was in the oil industry and it just wasn't very rewarding at all. I felt like I you know, wasn't making a difference and I just, I knew that I needed to make a change. And a coworker had told me about these entrepreneur groups on Facebook, which I had no idea about. So I started exploring and you know, I kept seeing this word copywriting pop up and I didn't even know what that meant at the time, but I was just really attracted to the word because it had the word writing in it. I always had a knack for writing, but I just never really knew how I could make a career out of it. So I ended up just learning everything I could about copywriting. I went all in. I gave myself six months to learn it and just immersed myself 100% into copywriting. And I was able to leave my corporate job after that that was a few years ago now. So I've never been happier with that decision I made. Fast forward today. So I now write launch copy for female entrepreneurs online who are launching things like group programs, a course, high-end services, and digital products. That's amazing. Wow. What a huge change from hockey to working a nine to five in the oil industry to copywriting. Yeah, I definitely jumped around a little bit, but it's weird (laughs) how your path kind of just leads you where you're supposed to be, right? 
I agree. And like, you know, a lot of people are are making that switch between their nine to five and their business and or even like pivoting their business from one thing to the other, especially nowadays where we're all online. And it's okay. It's natural. And we just need to trust it and let it flow. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And I love that you mentioned that you didn't even know what copywriting is. And that's actually my very first question. So let's go ahead and dive in. Like, can you, like, for somebody who's listening to this and has not any idea of what copywriting is, can you explain a little bit into what that means? For sure. So yeah, I'll start with saying that it's not copyright, like the legal thing. And I do get that a lot. And it kind of actually makes me want to become a lawyer, but not right now. It's copywriting. So like actually the word write with a W and it is a bit of a weird name, but it's the act of writing words that motivate people to take action. So click on a button or to buy something. So you write copy for your emails, you write copy for your sales pages, you write copy for Facebook ads and blog posts, that sort of stuff. When you write it in a very specific way with techniques and formulas, that's called copywriting. So great copywriting happens when the words you've written compel someone to take action. So like I said, opt into your webinar or to purchase your offer or to buy your packages, that sort of thing. Okay. And like one thing when it comes to, I think, especially for a lot of visual people, writing might be a little bit complicated or just not necessarily second nature to them. And one big thing I feel that comes to mind is like, how can I write copy or how can I write something that is authentic or something that represents me and not like just box text that could fit for anybody else? For sure. And like one thing that I believe that should always be debunked is like that selling doesn't have to be salesy, right? So selling should come from a place of leading with value and wanting to serve your audience. And so I believe when you're selling your services, you know, your offer, whatever that may be, when you're selling it because you know it will genuinely help people, then you're already coming from a place of authenticity, right? So if you know in your gut that what you're selling is something that will benefit other people, then you're coming at it from the right place. And that in itself will come through in your copy. You want to make it just sound conversational. I always say, you know, you can even open up a Google Doc and there's like a voice note in there and you can just say it if speaking comes more natural to you. So it doesn't need to sound corporate You just want to write in a way that actually sounds like, like a conversation. I like what you said about voice note. I actually did not know that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, it just doesn't come naturally to write. It comes more naturally to say it, right? So totally lean into what works for you. And then you can, you know, turn it into written copy after. So what about writing copy that converts? Like we, we, we just mentioned writing copy that's authentic, but we definitely want to have copy that converts and, and converts into leads and, and potential clients. Yeah. And like, I definitely feel that they kind of go hand in hand, right? So in terms of copy that converts, I want to pass along my, I'll give you my number one tip here. And that's to write with an emotional connection. So copy that connects is copy that converts. And the more you can write towards the benefits and the desires of your reader, the more you can connect with them. So I'll give you an example here. Let's use you as a photographer. Okay. You wouldn't just write to a potential client and say, Hey guys, are you looking for wedding photos? Cause I can totally snap those for you. Right. Like you just, you wouldn't write like that. You, you would write to connect with them. 
So you talk about how you can capture the most magical day of their life. You'd maybe mention that having something tangible that they can look back on on their 25th wedding anniversary, or maybe you just share a little story about how the perfect photographer made your special day that much better, something like that. But you can draw from the benefits and the emotions and create copy that really connects with your reader on a much deeper level. And it builds up that trust. And in turn, it will convert them. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that you mentioned emotional branding and emotional marketing because several years back, I think it was early 2000s, I read this book called Emotional Branding by Mark Govey. And he talks about, this is actually the first time that I heard about emotional marketing. And he just talks about how we're able to connect with brands in a deeper level. And that's what will make us like make that decision, purchase it, call whatever it is we need to do. And it's really that it's, it's really about building relationships, building connections, because Owning a business is pretty hard. You have a lot, you're wearing a lot of hats mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the time, especially if you're starting out. But, you know, you have to have a purpose for everything and make sure that the clients that you're reaching out are the right clients for you, that you are a good fit. It's like a dating relationship, pretty much. <laughs> totally. And you really nailed it with like the relationship thing. That's what business is, right? It's all about relationship building. And like, it kind of all comes full circle with that authenticity part, because when you can draw from those personal stories and, you know, speaking to their true benefits, like that right there is writing authentic copy. So writing inauthentic copy would be if you're spitting off like crazy claims that aren't truthful or don't align with your mission or brand at all. Like that's something completely different. When you're speaking in a relationship format, that's authentic copy. Absolutely. So when it comes to copywriting, one thing that is very common and it's very useful in in, in terms of you building your systems and workflow is automation. And you mentioned that it's important to write copy that feels authentic and that converts, but how can we even start setting up a, a, a automated system or workflow where we have good copy in that that's converts and that feels true to who we are and what our brand is? Yeah. So I love this question because I always suggest welcome sequences off the get-go because that's your first impression. You really want to start this relationship off on a great foot. Okay. So a welcome sequence will happen when someone opts in. So say you have a freebie on your website, someone opts in, they give you their email address you can then send them an automated string of messages to help them learn more and get to know you. So it really builds up that know, like, or trust factor. And the better you warm them up and build that trust and connect with them, the more they'll be open and ready to hear an offer at the end of your sequence or just months down the road. Okay. So I like to actually think of a welcome sequence, like hosting a dinner party. So if you're hosting a party, you wouldn't just open the door and like shove a turkey at them, right? Of course not. (laughs) And that's kind of the same for like your offer. When they opt in, you're not just going to throw a bunch of sales emails at them. No, you're going to, you know, thinking of that dinner party, you're going to welcome them in, you know, take off their coat, maybe give them a glass of wine, some hors d'oeuvres, have a conversation, and then they'll be ready for the sit down turkey dinner. Okay. So it's the same as your welcome sequence. You really want to welcome them in, nurture them along, give them a bunch of value. So they're more ready for your offer at the end of the sequence. 
I love that. Oh my gosh. I just had the mental picture of the turkey dinner. <laughs> it's great, right? And it totally makes sense. And I can actually go into like these emails a little bit more if that, if you think that'll be helpful. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that would be really good. And one thing that I think it's, re- it's, it's important to know that we're pacing things right during this welcome sequence, because also we don't want to give everything at the same time, because it's also, it could be very overwhelming to them. So too much information at the same time could just be too much. Absolutely. And you want, there, there's a bit of a strategy into sending these emails. So I can for sure go in, but you're right. You don't want to kind of throw everything at them. I definitely want to spread that nurture sequence or welcome sequence, the same word interchangeable over about a week long period. So you can send maybe five or six emails is what I usually recommend. So the first email is your delivery email. So essentially they got your freebie and you just really want to deliver that right away in that first email. The second email, you can stand for something is what I like to do. So something that you really believe in about your niche, niche, we say niche, I think you say debunk a myth about your niche or Maybe, you know, state something polarizing, but you just want to take a stand of, you know, this is who I am and I'm so glad that you're here on this journey sort of thing. And then the third email you can, is a great opportunity to share your story. So whether you're talking about your transformation, maybe a hurdle that you've come over or your why that we chatted on, touched on earlier, this is a really good time to explain that. And then the fourth email is awesome for that value that we mentioned. So sending them some links to maybe a helpful blog, or maybe you have a YouTube channel or any sort of links that would really provide value to them. And it's a great time to connect on social media too. So you can offer up those links. And then email five and six is really when you want to start transitioning to your offer. So again, always sending value. That's like, the first and foremost is always wanting to give value. And then you can kind of open that loop on the fifth email and be like, you know, in a couple of days, watch your email. I've got something exciting to send you. And then in that final email, you can give your plan, your offer. So if you have a program or you're selling one-on-one services, maybe you want to get them to book a call. That's a really great way to close up your email sequence. And then I love just being really frank, like, all right, that was, you know, that was my week of welcoming you. Now you can expect weekly or monthly emails from me going forward and, you know, kind of gives them that transition. I love that you mentioned that you're wrapping it up with what you can expect, because then that means that you're telling your audience that this is not done here. I mean, they can always opt out to anything if you're doing a male kind of welcome sequence, but still... Obviously, we don't want them to do that. (laughs) But like you're telling them that it doesn't stop here. There is more content that you're happy and willing to continue that conversation and that communication uh, and that you're there for that. Yeah. And like, I love being super, like just laying out those expectations in my welcome sequence at the very beginning. I kind of lay it out too and be like, this is what you can expect over the next week. I'm going to be sending you some emails on this and this. So it's going to be more frequent right now, but then it won't be later on. And just setting those expectations makes them even feel a little bit more comfortable. Especially now when with this whole pandemic where things are definitely changing and we're pretty much working. A lot of people are working from home. So that means that you might want to think of like channels of communication, your availability as well, I mean, because then you can communicate that to your audience so that you can set even better and more accurate expectations 
especially right now during this time. Yeah, it's true. Just staying relevant, really being available and communicating that. That's what people want. They, I mean, they don't want you to hide right now, right? They, they want you just to tell them what's going on. What, what are your thoughts? Like, you know, it's understandable. No one has the answer, but yeah, just being open and kind of changing as needed. So Danny, besides the welcome sequence, do you have any other suggestions or tips on what other types of automations someone can work on? Yeah. So in regards to any other sequences, I really want to recommend the upsell sequence. And this is a fun one because a lot of people might be missing out on it. And the thing is, it's easier to get a returning client than it is to get a new client, right? That I mean, that's just a stat. So if they were to purchase from you, it's great to think about what else you can offer them or how else you can support them down the road. So communication with your customers, you know, it shouldn't stop after they make a purchase. So you Correct. can, you, yeah, you can set up an email automation as an opportunity to either upsell your existing customers or maybe to try to sell a complimentary product or service depending on what your services are. So, I mean, I'll use you as an example again. As a photographer, say you've got your wedding clients, you could set up an email automation to trigger one year later after you shoot that wedding to offer a session maybe for their first anniversary. Okay. So that would be an example of an upsell automation. That's really great for, especially, I love that you, you, you know, you're using me as an example, but you know, photographers right now, especially wedding photographers, we're, we're in this weird pause right now where, you know, we can't shoot weddings at the moment. And these are really good tips. If, Whoever's listening out there, if you're a photographer, this is really good because, you know, the fall is the summer and then the fall, while we still don't know what's going to happen, but at least it gets you thinking of, well, right now we can't do shoots, but think about it ahead of time, like for the, for the summer. So this will really give you some helpful tips on how you can think past just that one particular shoot, that one particular wedding. That's really good. And if if you are they are in that position right now that they can't shoot, how can you nurture them right now? Like that that should be a big focus. Like what can you do to give them a great experience right now and build that relationship? So when you can go back to shooting, they're raring to go, right? So what can you do right now in, in the meantime? Exactly. Exactly. So We've talked about things that you can do, but what about things we want to avoid as we're putting together these workflows and these sequence systems? Mm -hmm. So my biggest tip for email marketing is to stay consistent. Okay. I always advise to try to email your list weekly, if not monthly, because this really helps you stay connected and relevant. But of course, that's not always possible, right? Maybe you've fallen off the face of the earth and haven't emailed them in ages and that's totally cool. So when that happens, my tip is to not to preach to them about why you've been absent, okay? No need to say what you've been up to or all of your apologies about why you haven't emailed them. More often than not, they probably haven't realized that you weren't in their inbox, right? So avoid all of that and just jump right back into it by giving them valuable content. You know, they really don't care that if you've been off traveling the world, like you can maybe mention it, but don't spend your whole email explaining that and saying sorry. So it's definitely something that I would avoid. Just, you know, avoid the spiel and jump right back into providing them value. That's actually a very common thing. I, I've received several emails of a lot of people that say, Hey, sorry, we, you know, 
life hack. I mean, I've made that mistake myself, but I've seen it more recently, actually. Like, sorry for not sending you mm -hmm. whatever. <laughs> I, go, I didn't even know what you were saying. I didn't, yeah. You know? <laughs> people, so true. People opt in for a specific reason because they want your help with something, whatever that was that you're supporting them on. So that's all they want to like jump back into it and keep supporting them in that way. And, and that's all you need to do. Danny, you mentioned consistency in, in that at least your audience is used to receiving at least once a week an email from you. But what is too much? Is there, would there be like a limit to, okay, we need to do only once or we can only do only once a week. But what if I feel that within my services and my offerings, there, there must be a, at least another one. What are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I think the thing is that there's really no hard and fast rule with this. You kind of need to test it out for your audience and what feels right for you. I like to send once a week, but when someone's in launch mode, they might be sending 10, 20 emails over the course of, you know, one or two weeks. And that gets a little crazy. But if you're If your list is more used to getting emails from you, it won't seem that out of character. So that's why it's so tough when people don't email their list ever, and then they go into trying to sell something and everyone's out of there, right? So yeah, I think it's just kind of what makes sense for you. One to two emails, I would say is a sweet spot. If monthly makes more sense for you, then, then run with it. it. It's whatever works for you. That's actually really good because depending on our businesses, we could have several products and not necessarily the whole master list of the people in our emailing list will want to receive every single communication or every single type of communication. You might be able to divide them into separate groups. You can have a master list and then you can have a particular group of people that will that is interested in this particular service of your business or in this part or this type of topic specific in this way whoever is in your list they would manually select either everything or just one or two things so this way you don't feel that you're just bombarding them with a whole bunch of things and and them not really finding the value that they want from what you're you're sending them That's exactly it. Segmentation is huge. So the more you know about your reader, the more curated your content can be towards them too, for sure. All right, Jenny, I think we've got a lot of really good points. And before we start wrapping up the, the our talk today, can you recap those pointers that you've shared today on like what we could do, what tips you have on writing copy that's authentic? For sure. So the biggest thing is writing in a very conversational way. So just write like you talk. You don't need to think about all those English school lessons that we got, you know, way back in the day. That's not what we're talking about here. You want to be, you want to write like you're talking to a friend. Okay. So just write very conversational copy and try to build on those relationships. So when you can write with emotion, that'll really help you connect. So just remember copy that connects is copy that converts. And then setting up that welcome sequence, if you're able to do that, you're ahead of the game, you want to really build out that know, like, and trust factor with your subscribers, and then just nurture them along. You get in the habit of sending them those weekly or monthly newsletters just to stay 
in touch with you. And in time, you'll build up that trust and they'll eventually be ready to buy from you when the time is right. Wonderful. All right. So the next thing that we'll do is a lightning round. And I like to do this with all my guests. And it's pretty much, I ask you a couple of questions, non-business related. And this is just for fun. And all you need to do is answer the first thing that comes to mind. All right. (laughs) So coffee or tea? Coffee. What are you not very good at? Sleeping. I'm a terrible sleeper. (laughs) If you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? Probably a good old pizza. Who doesn't like pizza, right? Yeah, pizza's good. (laughs) What sound or noise do you love? I love, I, so I live on a lake and I absolutely love the water coming in. I like to go out there and read at night. Oh, that sounds awesome. I'll say I live in Canada, so I don't get the nicest weather. <laughs> so it's not that good. <laughs> you shared with us that you went from several different types of things that professionally. So what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I did actually, I kind of mentioned the lawyer thing. I would love to be a lawyer and forensic science. I kind of always wanted to get into too. Me too. That is so funny. I always said that I always said that I never wanted to be an artist and I never wanted to teach. And all I wanted to do was be a doctor. And here I am. You never know. Yeah. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? It's got to be to fly. I would absolutely love to fly. And last question, where can people reach out to you online? Oh, that's a fun one. Uh, So my website is dannypage.com. And I actually have a freebie I'd love to pass along. Yes. So you can go to dannypage.com slash expert insights. And so if you're selling a, you know, a service, it's never... You never get the best traction if you just slap it on your website and kind of hope for people to come. You want to actually launch it, right? So I was lucky enough to interview people like Jasmine Starr, Melissa Griffin, Jill Stanton. And you can snag all of their brilliant insights on helping you out with your next launch. So you can go to dennypage.com slash expert insights to get that. Oh my gosh, that's really good. All right. Denny, thank you so very much for being on today's podcast uh, and sharing all of your insight and information on how we can get ready and write copy that is authentic, feels authentic to us and converts. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Oh, Jessenia, this is so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And don't forget to tune in to next week's episode. Thanks for joining us this week on the Focus and Bloom podcast. Check us out on Instagram at underscore focus and bloom for more business tips and inspiration. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, Go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world and it helps others discover the show. And if you want to get your hands on more video podcasting resources, head on over to focusandbloomstudios.com and check out our tools and resources for video podcasters and content creators just like you. I'll see you on the next episode.